0: 6:30 Chad, the voice of your Edmonton Elks, present Football Thursdays
1: on 6:30 Chad. Mike Jones has it inside the ten. He'll lock the dog to the end zone. Antler up Edmonton, touchdown Elks.
0: Time to go deep on the Elks and the Canadian Football League. 8:06 here on this Thursday morning, and it's not just any Thursday morning. It's Football, Football Thursday. Thursday. Jeez. Football Thursday. We didn't even plan it's Labor that.
1: Day Classic
0: uh, weekend. So. Also known, apparently, as LDC, LDC. weekend.
1: LDC. Ask our next guest. I bet okay, he knows I will. it's
0: LDC. We'll find out whether anybody else on the planet beyond you <laughs> calls it LDC. It's, it's hashtag LDC, yo! <laughs> Dave Jamison, long-time <laughs> communications guy with the, the, the Eskimos back in the day and then uh, going on into into broadcasting. Uh, join us today to do a little reminiscing about an old
2: LDC. Dave, how you doing? Hello, Dave. It's 20, uh, 20 years this year since uh, a really memorable uh, LDC went down in McMahon Stadium. So uh, we've been revisiting a bit uh, given the 2003 reunion and the Terry Vaughn Wall of Honor. So it's going to be fun to kind of go back there and dig around in the memory bank. Nicely uh, uh, done, Dave. Uh, uh, nicely no, no, done. Hang on. Hang on. Yeah.
1: First off, because uh, I missed the
0: first part of that. Do you use LDC like Morty does or did you just do that to show, uh, I don't know, solidarity?
2: Uh, probably the latter. Uh, I can't recall using LDC a lot, but you know, Daryl, in this day of acronyms, right, I'm sure, why not? We call it LDC. I guess it saves you valuable time somewhere. <laughs> yeah, because we always need, <laughs> need Morty yes. to get more words in. Sure, God. exactly.
0: Uh, 20 years Man. ago, I, I'll tell you what, uh, your, your friend Morty was just jacked up because <laughs> I had a replay the, the some of the video from the 2003 Labor Day Classic, up on my monitor, and I was watching. I was listening to it. He comes in, and man, you'd have thought he was sitting there with uh, with his bag of popcorn. It was, You tell us. We already know. We've watched it. You tell us what was so memorable about that game.
2: Well, um, Ricky Ray decides he's going to run, which he didn't do a lot of, and he ran towards the uh, Eskimo bench. And uh, Otis Floyd, who would end up playing in Edmonton uh, or had played in Edmonton, uh, ran him out of bounds. Ran him right over the bench and over the Gatorade water cooler. And that touched off a brawl. And then the brawl spilled out. There was a brawl in the bench and then guys were getting tossed around. Sean Fleming got tossed around like a rag doll. I think Andre Talbot, one of our receivers got, you know, flipped around and, and then the bench is emptied. Yeah. And so there's this melee going on all over McMahon. And of course the, it's packed and it's a blistering hot day. And it, it, I mean, it's, it had all the ingredients before the fight for something big to happen. But then when all of this, broke out and and then, when you thought that the fight was about to sort of simmer down a bit, Ed Hervey, mm-hmm. memorably and famously, uh, had his helmet off. He grabbed it and swung it in the direction of Davis Sanchez with the Calgary Stampeders, um, and missed Davis and hit a referee in the head and knocked him out and knocked him down. Yeah, um, and it was and it was it was mayhem. And and I was up in the press box and saw that things were going to go awry. And, took a very slow moving uh, elevator down to the field level and ran around under the stands to get out on the field thinking, "Okay, at some point, I think I'm going to have to deal with something down here, um, and ended up walking Ed off the field. And I learned something that day, guys. Mm Bottled beer, not bottled beer, beer in tins and in cups flies a long way because we got soaked. Ed and I coming off the field. Oh, I have no doubt whatsoever.
0: Uh, yeah. here, let's uh, help set the scene for anybody who didn't sure. get a chance uh, to watch it. Here's a little of the, uh, here's a little uh, from the TV broadcast of it. Uh, actually, that day on how this thing all got underway. Ricky Ray is going to take off for the ball, and he's forced out at the Eskimo bench with a flag. some ejections now as
2: we see the temper start to flare. we see some players getting thrown out. Bench clearing. Sean Fleming. sheets of the Flames and the Oilers. Uh, a number stuff. of Stamp coming across well, the field.
0: Yeah. That's, <laughs> <laughs> Chris Cuthbert with the, the call on TV back in the day. Yeah, it, w- it was pretty wild. And then, like you said, Doug, like you were mentioning, uh, then Ed Hervey's right in, in the middle of it, and, and a ref gets the worst of it. Yes. Still Herbie just took a poke at Well, the referee went down. I think the referee's hurt. He's laying there and he's not moving. Oh, oh, no. And he's on the 48 yard line. And he, you, you can almost sense there's going to be some ejections right Oh here. yeah, there were there were ejections. I think you could go beyond sensing. So, was there a conversation between you and Ed Hervey as you walked off the field? And if sure. so, what can yeah. you tell us about it?
2: Well, I'll tell you everything about it. I, uh, Dwayne Mandruziak, our equipment manager, handed me the, the dressing room uh, key because it was clear Ed was not going to continue playing that afternoon. And because they're busy on the bench, they got a game it's going to resume. Dwayne says, he hands me the key, which had a big ring on it. It looked like I was you know working in a prison. And he says, you take Ed to the room. And so I walk out to both center field and of course it's raining down booze and people are throwing stuff on the field. And I get arrive where the Ed is having, let's just charitably call it a conversation with the official. And I arrive just as they are. And the ref looks at me and he goes, he's all yours now. Get him out of here. And so I go and I, Ed's still talking and I turn to him and I go, Ed, shut up which might not have been the best approach. I always, thought you, I always well, thought you were a smart fella. I always thought you were a smart fella. Not in that moment, Daryl. Uh, and so Ed looked at me and gave me that look of, hey, let's not repeat that. We walked off together under the sands to, you know, uh, a... Uh, cascade of booze and other things, and we sat, the two of us, in the dressing room alone and listened to the crowd over our head go, uh, go crazy.
1: And that's a long walk to the dressing room uh, when you get off the field because you have to go underneath the stands and yes. down the hallway. I can just yes. hear the almost, I bet it was pretty quiet walking down the hall just hearing those cleats against the floor, eh?
2: Oh, yes, it was. It was just the two of us. I got the room open, and we just sat there and looked at each other, and, and we said, hmm, wow, that was something. And then, you know, we, uh, and if memory, and, uh, memory does serve correct here, the, uh, the Eskimos suspended Ed for a game for conduct un- unbecoming of a player, uh, and they got ahead of it instead of the league doing it. So uh, Ed sat out the, the rematch. But I should tell you that, you know, the, the, the Eskimos lost to Calgary on that Labor Day. Uh, but they went on a six-game winning streak to follow. They shut out the Stampeders in the rematch on the Friday night. Uh, I think it was 38 nothing. but the big story was 62,344 at Commonwealth. We physically ran out of tickets to sell, and we just took, money from people at the gate.
1: I still remember an interview with Hugh Campbell saying he didn't know what to do. I just stood at the gate, took $20 from people, put it in my pocket and said, go find a seat. It was a great (laughs) night in in history, wasn't it?
2: (laughs) Yes, it was. It really was. Like, you know, again, with the reunion that uh, last uh, weekend, you know, guys were, oh, yeah, and we were looking at an aerial photograph of Commonwealth on that night. It was absolutely jammed. And of course, you know, the team delivered. They go on to a six-game winning streak. I think they lost the final game of the 3 season, and then they win the Grey Cup.
1: That's obviously probably the biggest and best memory for you from from Labor Day, but you, you worked a lot of those Labor Day games when you were working for the team. Anything else really stand out about the games?
2: Well, I can tell you that uh, Labor Day is not often kind to Edmonton. Um, you know, there was a long period of, of going down there and, and returning with a very uh, quiet bus ride back up Highway 2. After losing, and there was a there was one game where we got blown out. I mean, they started scoring during the anthem. I mean, we just got absolutely crushed. And I was standing there. We were down. They had. They put up fifty. I mean, if the game kept going, it would have hit hundred. And I turned to my right, and where I was standing with Ed Hervey, who was a scout then uh, for us, and he had left. And I turned, and I saw him walking quietly, hands in his pockets, through the end zone to leave the building and i called rick allisher and i thought he was up in the press box and would be meeting us downstairs after the game i call him and i said where are you he goes i'm on highway 2 i couldn't watch anymore i'll see you in the office tomorrow we got a meeting at 8 and so like it was just one of those sort of you know it was just an absolute beatdown there was but there were a lot of those games that that just got away and calgary was the better team
0: uh, that's what made it so fun except for the getaway part is uh, they got yes. the games would get away from you in the emotion area too. Uh, yes. can you stick around I'll need to take a quick break I want I want to sure. talk to uh, talk to you some more. Uh, Dave okay. Jameson our guest this morning will be back in a moment. This Morning with Daryl McIntyre, presented by Abe's Door Service, with 24-7 emergency service where you speak to an actual person. Visit abesdoor.ca Major foul, Unnecessary Roughness, Calgary 96 and Calgary 92. Major foul, Unnecessary Roughness, Edmonton 91, Objectionable Conduct, Calgary Bench, Major foul, unnecessary roughness. Edmonton 81. Rough play disqualification. Edmonton 81. Second down. Well, after all that. So that was from the. Uh, that's 20 years ago. It's the anniversary of the, uh, the big brawl down at, uh, at McMahon's Stadium. The referee actually brought out a card because he had to write down all the things that he needed to say in order to launch. Uh, the only one actually ejected right was Ed Hervey out Correct. of that whole thing. Uh, Dave Jamison joining us this morning is a former communications PR guy with the uh, with the the Eskimos back in the day. You know what? I was I was wondering, I was wondering about how you feel watching the team now. You talked about the rematch and sixty two thousand people and it's just uh-huh. here. Take twenty bucks, go find a seat. Sure. We recognize where we've been at this year, and it's getting better. Man, what a what a difference! What a difference two decades makes
2: well it, it, sure I mean you know I'm also a director on the uh, EE Alumni Association so you know I'm around and, and interact um, with with players from all of the eras you know the who've enjoyed great success and others who have been you know during difficult times with the club and sure it's it's different Daryl um, but I can tell you uh, and it's you know it's disappointing on a level because you want the the best for this team understanding that it's a very competitive league uh and you're going to go through difficult times as an organization but you know having been in the in at commonwealth stadium and emceed the halftime ceremony for both the 03 team and terry vaughn's induction to the wall of honor there you know that was a really special night for those reasons but also the kind of night it was the elks get a win And I felt, and I know it's very early and you've got to string together a number of wins and it's going to, it's not going to happen in just a few weeks. It takes time. It takes time to, you know, win, win over, you know, the, win the trust again of fans who've maybe you know, uh, left or are not coming out uh, to the degree they used to. So it's a process, but it's got to start somewhere. And a couple of wins and, and momentum, and it appears as if there's some really good stuff happening around the quarterback and Trey Ford. Um, that I, I left Commonwealth after this last game with a great deal of hope. And it's been a while since I felt that way leaving that building.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's. There's been a a buzz in the city about the football team over the last uh, couple mm-hmm. of weeks, and we haven't seen that for years here, have we?
2: No, I, I think that's fair, Morley. And you know, to to you know, your point and what Daryl just asked about, you know, the kind of w- where the team is right now. Yes, it's disappointing but I mean if, if, if sports is nothing else or professional sports it's about hope and and you know now that um, Rick Olishher is in as the interim CEO and president there and and he will bring already has brought great stability um, if the football operations um, part of the the organization is doing its job and and they're um, developing players you know recruiting players this can get corrected I mean it's not without it's not easy, but it's it's within reach, um, and it's just going to take time. And I know uh, a lot of people say that and preach that, but sometimes fans go, yeah, but I'd, I'd like to see some wins now. Well, they're, they've they got a leg up in that. They're starting to get some momentum here. We'll see where it takes it. You know, finish strong and then go into an off season with some optimism.
1: Dave, as I said earlier, you've been to a lot of those Labor Day games. Tell me about the feeling on the field and what it's like at McMahon Stadium. From I know you've been down on the field level yeah. for a lot of it. Uh, it's just different. It's only one game of eighteen, but it's just something so different. It doesn't matter what the team's records are. Uh, no. Just Labor Day is different.
2: It, it it really is, and it's I, you know it's hard to quantify. But I can tell you, you know, when when McMahon is full, and even when it isn't full. You can play the Stampeders early in the season. You can play them late in the season. But that game on that day just is is carries with it a weight and a magnitude that the others don't. And the others matter for two points in the standings. Labor Day doesn't matter more than any any other game. But because of the history and because you know of the. The, the build up and the hype and you get a, you know, you get kind of a slow roll into that game. So there's more discussion. There's, you know, and just, and especially if the weather is great at McMahon, because they do great tailgating down there, you know, I would walk around the stadium or, you know, I'm taking player tickets to will call. So I'd have a chance to go outside and sort of drink in that atmosphere that, that is, you know, building towards the kind of intensity you get inside the stadium all of that stuff's been kind of marinating and, and for three four or more hours outside then you get inside you know the balls in the air and you just sort of feel a lift on labor day like okay this game is is different you know many games were disappointing at least on the on the scoreboard. There was always something kind of weird that that would happen within the course of one of those Labor Day games. Absolutely,
0: uh, you know what? I'm also hoping for when we have the rematch that it uh, it turns a corner for for crowd size and it, it was a fun crowd on on Sunday. I think we all saw that, we all felt it, we all saw it, and it, it would be nice to see that perpetuated in the following. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Labor Day Classic coming up. Uh, I gotta take. I, I gotta I gotta go. But just give me give me your winner. Who's winning? Give me your prediction, Dave.
2: Well, I think it's three in a row for the, for the Elks. They're going to roll on this. Uh, Calgary's vulnerable. They've been my most disappointing this team this year in the CFL. I just can't quite figure them out. I thought they would be further ahead, certainly at their quarterback position, although it's not on Jake Mayer entirely. It just feels like a very uneven Calgary team right now, and I think Edmonton can exploit that. We agree, <laughs> or at least I do. Uh, thanks, Dave. Uh, great
0: to chat with you again. Take care, man. Thanks, guys. Take thanks, care. Thanks, Dave. Dave Jamison, long-time uh, member of the uh, communication staff with the, the Eskimos. And the one of the great storytellers of the game. Really outstanding. It is uh, coming up on 824. This morning with Daryl McIntyre on 630Chad. And Daryl here to remind you about the Mighty Millions Lottery, which is in full gear. Get your tickets early and you're in on all the bonus prizes and early bird prizes. You don't have to worry about deadlines anymore. But the next one is, just FYI, September 22nd. That's for the bonus prize of Oilers Season Seats. These are lower bowl season tickets and $50,000 cash. That's that's a pretty good prize. Don't forget the $2.6 million luxury show home with the BMW and 100 grand cash, too. Uh, your proceeds go to the Stollery Children's Hospital Foundation, ensuring the best in pediatric care right here in our own backyard. You can get your tickets at MightyMillionsLottery.com.